stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. This is the first for me. As far as I'm aware, I, I don't think I've ever actually interviewed anybody who's running or has run for president of the United States of America. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if the laugh shop of the Blackfoot Inn has ever hosted anybody who is running for president. Uh, but that, uh, that is uh, our next guest. Ben Glee uh, is a comedian named by TBS as one of the funniest comedians working today. He's the host, the executive producer of the show Idiot Test on Netflix. He also podcast. He's been a political commentator uh, for many different TV shows. And as mentioned, uh, he is standing as a candidate for president of the United States in the 2020 election. So my goodness, we got a lot to talk about with Ben Glebe, who is, as mentioned, uh, appearing here this week in the Laugh Shop of the Blackfoot Inn, more at LaughShopCalgary.com, also BenGlebe.com. Ben, great to have you here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, you got a lot on your plate these days, don't you? I do indeed. I'm not. Uh, I'm not for a. I'd be able to make more sense if it weren't for a lack of sleep. I'm <laughs> kind of a walking zombie presidential candidate. Well, I would imagine that being a comedian, game show host, podcaster, all of these things, that's busy enough. Now you're just going to take on what is perhaps the busiest job of all, running for president, which seems like a, a never-ending kind of kind of cycle. It is true. Well, you know, I'm mostly known for my game show, Idiot Test, which is on Netflix, and I decided to give the ultimate idiot test to the ultimate idiot, <laughs> Donald Trump. And I'll say, Donald Trump, your idiot test starts now when I face off against him in the debates. But until then, I have shows at the Laugh Shop in Calgary. So I'm doing a nice mix of both worlds. I'd say so. All right. Well, let's talk about the decision to run for president. Not something that, that one takes lightly. Nope. Look, I mean, you're like a lot of people. That's, there's, there's a need for change. Somebody else has got to win in 2020. So wh- where does the idea come from that that's someone else is me, as in you? Right. Yeah, I, I did not have the idea that, that, that it was you, and I apologize. <laughs> I should have. That's good. You, I, you I got think I'm ineligible. Qualities. I appreciate it. Because that. you're not American? Well, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a big one. Oh, is there other ones? Probably, but yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't <laughs> want to talk the about them on one. the air, do you? <laughs> exactly. Fair. Um, you know, just the, the desperation of the moment, the fact that um, it's just very clear to me how much of an existential risk this guy is to our country and to the world, and I'm sure you guys don't even like dealing with him here in Canada, and I'm unconfident that normal, cautious career politicians are going to be able to stop him. The man is the Tasmanian devil. He is a whirling dervish of a tornado of racism and hatred and misogyny and horrible ideas and self-interest and disloyalty to our country and to anything good and pure in the world. And I just would regret it the rest of my life if I didn't throw my hat into the ring to at least try to help. So if a lot of people felt like a comedian might be needed to stop the heckler in chief, and I'm a comedian, and none of my buddies were, were stepping up. Yeah, Donald Trump is, yeah, he's all of those things. And I agree. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I, I'm a guy who kind of, you know, I kind of lean to the right, right? I mean, I would vote for conservative politicians. I, I think, sure. 
this is something different. And, right. uh, you know, and I've tried to understand because I look at Donald Trump and I see just a, a vain, petty man, right, to, who should really not be president. I think what is it about him that, that appeals to people? I, I, I want to assume the best in people, that maybe they see an outsider, maybe they, they think he's a successful businessman. I, I also see an ugly side where people like those awful attributes about him. I, I don't know what it is. I think it is a combination of those things. I think there are certainly some people that like the ugly attributes. I think I'd like to think that more people just like that he's supposedly an outsider. They at least believed when he said that he was and that he's a successful businessman. They believe that as well. They, for some reason, ignore that he has a very mixed business record and didn't pay people that worked for him and declared bankruptcy four times. Um, But and that they believe he's an outsider because he talks differently and because he supposedly tells it like it is and says he's going to drain the swamp and people want change so badly and are so unhappy with the way their lives are going and the way the country's going that they were desperate for something different. Not to mention he proposed policies that many of them that financially would, at least verbally, the way he promised them, help them. And they're desperate, and so desperate times call for desperate measures, which also is why I'm throwing my hat into the ring to make clear, A, that he's not as successful as you think, B, he's certainly not an outsider. That was another one of his wonderful con jobs. He's as inside as it gets. The guy's been a a connected insider forever. He's not going to drain the swamp. Hopefully you wouldn't have enough evidence now that 19 of his people have been indicted or in prison. Maybe it's clear that... He doesn't have the best people around him. The best people (laughs) in the world. Really? Because that seems like the opposite of people that are in jail. And so hopefully people are waking up to it and people want someone that tells it like it is. I'm throwing my hat into the ring to say, I can do that. I'm a comedian. I tell it like it is more than a businessman. Comedians are known for telling the truth. People turn to comedians for their news. Why not for their leaders? So I'm here to say if you want someone unconventional who's going to tell you hard truths and say it in weird, funny ways, Ben Glebe can do that without being an immoral bunch of swear words I can't say on the radio. (laughs) Uh, Money in politics is a big thing, obviously. And to run for president, to mount a serious presidential campaign, it's millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's quite something. How do you get over that? It's a very good question. I'm thus far, you know, we're only less than three weeks into our campaign being live, and I'm trying to eschew what most of the candidates do, practically all of them. Even the Democratic candidates spend four or five hours a day calling rich people, begging them for money. And I don't want to do that. I want it to be a truly grassroots campaign, and so I'm using the fact that I'm a public figure and I have some bit of influence and reach with people to say, give me small dollar donations, donate whatever you can, and see if we can take our democracy back from the special interests and from the big money people that have been controlling things for far too long. If you want your your country controlled simply by big money and you want not to have a voice, then don't donate at Glebe2020.com is what I tell people back home. But if you want change, you have to make change. So we're, there's a very accessible threshold right now. The Democratic National Committee said you just need 65,000 individual donations even of a dollar. To qualify and if you do you'll be on the debate stage so we're pushing towards that we have less than two weeks left actually and if we hit that threshold then um, 
I'll be on the debate stage and I'll be able to make this case to the American people, to millions watching, to say, please donate a little bit, whatever you can afford, and we'll have a chance to compete with millions without needing to, you know, skew towards the rich. Right. So you're, you're contesting the Democratic primary. This is not intended to be a, an independent. Not at all. I would right. never run as an independent in this cycle because it would just put Donald Trump back in office. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We talk about the challenges facing America. I think a lot of similar challenges facing Canada. I mean, the question is, I mean, is is democracy broken or is it a case of America's doing okay? They just have a weird president, right? I mean, is is it just that that there's there's somebody in the White House who maybe shouldn't be in the White House or the problems in the U.S. go much deeper than that? I think it's both. I think that Donald Trump exacerbates our problems hugely and he's putting the his foot on the gas pedal towards making every problem worse because he literally for whatever weird sick game he tries to to accelerate the speed of every problem that we have but we have some big systemic problems that are not just Trump Trump is a symptom of deeper things it's a, it's of the money in politics it's of the fact that we've been okay with seeding our democracy to special interests and to big money that do not have the common man's interests at heart. And so I'm all for business. I consider myself a compassionate capitalist. Mm -hmm. Capitalism is a huge part of what makes America, America. We would never not want that. I'm not trying to make us into a communist country or a socialist country, but certain socialist aspects are needed to give people the safety net and the comfort to have the risk tolerance to start businesses, to try to improve their lives. But when you keep not being engaged in your social media because you're on Instagram all day. And I am too. I'm not criticizing the instinct. I'm just saying we have to look up from our phones sometimes and realize our democracy is being yanked away by an angry, tiny, horrible little orange man. And so we need to most urgently take our democracy back. There's a million issues, and the climate is one of the biggest issues facing us. Just You can't even step outside here. There are oh, hu- brutal. Yeah. There's huge fires that are making the air unbreathable. Um, I've been holding my breath for about a day and a half since I got here. That's rough, yeah. And so um, it's hard to ignore the fact that the climate's getting more extreme and more difficult, and we have to take it head on, but we won't be able to if we keep putting those who we think we want to aspire to in office, the people that have supposedly made all these billions of dollars and are the things that we want to get to. We've been sold a false American dream, I, I believe. We've been sold the fact that we're going to become billionaires if we try hard enough. You're not going to become a billionaire in, in most likely. It's about the odds of winning the lottery. You can aspire to improve your situation. But to me, the American dream is own a home, be able to save for retirement, be able to take care of your family. That's the American dream that I've achieved. And that's the American dream that we should be keeping as our goal and be electing leaders who only have that sort of success as their benchmark and not trying to become super wealthy because that's what ends up skewing the world and the country towards people in power that have achieved that level. But they don't tell you the secret is you can't get there most likely. And so the policies will keep skewing that way. Yet we don't take seriously the common man running for office. We only keep wanting to put the the powerful and the super rich and the entrenched politicians back in office over and over again and expect different results, which is literally the definition of insanity. <laughs> so what's crazy, electing a comedian to office or electing the same weirdos over and over again who clearly, not weirdos, like just misprioritized 
people that don't actually have your interests at heart, and many of them are pretty strange dudes as well. Oh, sure. You know, and you look at what's happening in, like, Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, yeah. right? I mean, the religious right. I mean, Donald Trump is a guy, look, he's he's cheated on several wives, yeah. porn stars. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if he's paid for several abortions. Can't but be loyal to our country or even to his wives. <laughs> I mean, look at the patterns. They've latched on to this guy, and they're feeling emboldened these days, aren't they? Who are the... The religious right. The religious right, yes. And it's so strange because he's the opposite of a religious man, and it shows you the hypocrisy of these positions, right? It, it, it shows you the, the, the bold-faced and plain under sunlight hypocrisy and bold ambition. It's just about power. It's not about mm-hmm. religion. Because the man is the opposite of religious values in every possible way, and they, they tolerate it because they get restrictive laws. They get to punish women from, from having autonomy over their own bodies. So in every way, that's why I'm calling for a constitutional amendment to protect a woman's right to choose. So these state legislatures are no longer able to restrict a woman's rights or play political games with their bodies. I'm a man. I would never get an abortion because I can't. And so we thank you for acknowledging the truth. And so because of that, we should not try to legislate things that we don't understand or have the ability to ever experience. It's enough of that. And so, yeah, they're feeling emboldened to pursue their political agenda under the guise of this man that just does anything that hurts people. It seems like his barometer is what's going to mess people up the most, create the most chatter on Twitter of people hating at me just so I can get more followers. Yeah, I mean, it's disgusting, and I want to stop it in any way that I can. I'm looking for the antidote to the orange monster, and I believe it might be somebody who tells the truth and comes at it from an angle that a comedian may, because we need someone to defuse the guy. He's going to throw names and call nicknames at people. I'll throw them right back. Toupee fiasco. I'll bring it right at you, <laughs> coward the duck. I have no issue with that. Napoleon bonus spurs. Yeah, well, look, I mean, ultimately, that's what comedy is. Right? Comedy is telling the truth. Thank you, sir. It ain't just being silly. I ain't slipping on banana peels much. <laughs> You, if I you, saw one, I would. I wouldn't avoid it. Well, I'd sure. like to slip on yeah. a banana peel every now and again to make a child laugh. <laughs> you've always kind of weaved, would make though, right? Trump laugh. You, you've weaved politics and, and comedy. I do. I weave it, man. I'm, I'm wearing the weave of politics and comedy together, and I think my hair look good. It does. Thank I, you. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Um, Your hair look good, too. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Your facial hair. <laughs> appreciate that, You're a pretty too. bald man. Some comedians don't, right? They're, they're definitely comedians who they either they, they don't care about politics, they, they don't want to offend certain segments of their audience, they just mm. they don't touch it, right? Sure. So what is it for you? What you see, is it just because of who you are? It's not even because of who I am. I love the escapism of fun, light comedy. And during different times, I do tons of that. You know, I, I used to be known for a show once a year where I would teach the crowd how to make a proper eggnog around the holidays for 10 straight years, and it would just entail me getting plastered on stage and throwing props at them and spraying silly string at the crowd. <laughs> I love being stupid. It's fun to be stupid, but you can't always be stupid when the... You don't have the luxury of being stupid when the world is sinking. You have to prioritize, and desperate times call for serious measures. So I long for a time when I can go back to just light comedy. Even in recent years, my hour when I headline is not all political by any means, but we have to use whatever tools we can to stop a monster that is growing and is emboldening all of these horrible instincts and regressing our nation. We're, we're debating again whether Nazis are okay. 
That is not up for debate. That was settled quite some time ago. As far as I remember, maybe I had a weird dream. And so also let me just make clear, people come see me at the Laugh Shop this weekend at Hotel Blackfoot. Two shows tonight, 7.30 and and, and 10 o'clock and 7.30 and 10 o'clock tomorrow night. You're not going to see very much politics. A, I'm in Canada, and so it's not like the people I'm speaking to are going to be able to influence our politics very much. Although feel free, if you're listening, to tell your American friends to go and donate a dollar or more at Gleeb2020.com, G-L-E-I-B2020.com, and we can help hit that $65,000 threshold. But I'll touch on politics a little bit, and then I'll do a lot of light, fun jokes. We need both. We need to unwind at the end of a night from the battles we have to fight during the day. But, you know, you need, need to also have that balance. Right. Because if, you know, let's say I call up your campaign manager and I say, you know, I need Ben to come give a speech. Uh, a stump speech would be a lot different from, hey, come do this set this weekend at the comedy club. 100%. It's very different. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to, you know, make my set all political and make it too intense for people. I just dip in for a few minutes, make some important points, and then, and those will be funny as well. When I make them, don't, don't, don't get it twisted, baby boo. Yeah. And then and then and then we go a lot of light fun stuff for most of it. I'll also make fun of you in the crowd if you're wearing weird shirts. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I run the gamut. You do. I'm just saying we need to also have a side of us that cares about the world being set on fire. Esquire magazine said that you were uh, one of sexiest the sexiest men alive. One of the sexiest men alive. That's right. It's very kind of you to, to remind people. Uh, and on top of that, uh, six comedians would be comedy's next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's an honor? That's yep. pressure, is it? I don't think so. I don't think it's pressure. I mean, it's not like I saw that article come out and thought, now i got to write good jokes. <laughs> I was hopefully already yeah. doing my thing in a way that resonated with people that they thought I was, you know, worthy of writing up. And so you just have to keep doing your thing. It, it's more than pressure. It's just validating. It actually, mm-hmm. it actually was empowering yeah. to see things like that come out because... You hope you're doing something that resonates at the, at a top level of your of your craft. And when people write an article like that, you just think like, okay, good. What I'm doing is actually the right track. I don't have to adjust. Mm-hmm. So it actually took pressure off in a weird way. And let's just touch on on the show as well. You mentioned it, Idiot Test. Yeah. Uh, you're the host. You're the head writer. You're the executive producer. Is that right? Facts. Uh, and because I was reading up on this and it was interesting, I, I came across an article in the Washington Post of all places with the headline, Why I Went on My Ex-Boyfriend's Game Show. Oh, Danielle's article. <laughs> that she actually wrote a, an article about coming on your show. Yes. Was, was that your idea? It was my idea, yeah. Um, the, actually, ended up being the last episode we ever shot of my game show, crazily. We did four seasons, 210 episodes for Game Show Network. And I think it might air in Canada only on Netflix, but maybe you have Game Show Network here too? Um, possibly. We You're definitely have Netflix. Okay. <laughs> I know it's like on Netflix. That. And so I had the idea because I thought it would be just fascinating television. You never get to know anything about the personal life of game show hosts. Right. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if all four contestants were my ex-girlfriends? And I pitched it kind of just half-heartedly and the network was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Let's do it. And they asked me to contact my ex-girlfriend and I did it. And then four of the loves of my life showed up. And we're battling to win money on my game show. Oh, it was so weird. And I ask every contestant typically, what makes you think you're not an idiot? But because it was them on the show, I I said to each of them, what makes you think I'm an idiot? And just gave them permission to come at me. And they did. They (laughs) relished the opportunity. It was 
pretty intense, very emotional. Nothing makes me nervous. I've spoken heads up to world leaders. I've asked tough questions to Barack Obama and John McCain and Hillary Clinton. Nothing in him. I'm running against Donald Trump right now trying to win the presidency. None of it makes me nervous. Having the four of them there, I was so, I was a wreck. I had to pause and drink water during acts of the show. And um, it was intense. At one point, one of my ex-girlfriends said, when I asked her, what makes you think you're not an idiot? She goes, well, you let all of us go. I was so (laughs) touched by it. And I said, and like shocked by it. And I said, God, I'm so stupid. And she goes, no, well, we're all here. That says something about you. And I said, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I also did sweeten the offer with the chance of $10,000. but That helps. That does help for sure. All right. Well, BenGlebe.com, more on the podcast, uh, link to the uh, presidential website if Canadians are interested in following this. And I mean, we don't want to meddle in your election. No, but please tell. No, we don't need any Canadian bots like like (laughs) we have Russian bots or Canadian humans even meddling. But if you're interested... That's a different thing. Please feel free to explore the site, Glebe2020.com, and tell your American friends to donate so I can get on that debate stage. Which would be entertaining, if nothing else. 100%. You're going to see somebody doing a Donald Trump impression on the stage, showing people how stupid he is. This is who our president is, okay? And it's not like Trudeau is not doesn't have things you can make fun of as well. He's quite There's a character. Plenty. Yeah, He's quite a character. He turns the French accent on thick. He goes to India and puts on the cultural garb and is too into it. Like he's on, like it's, like it's yeah. Halloween. Yeah. But nothing like Trump. <laughs> uh, and two shows tonight. You mentioned two shows tomorrow night at the Laugh Shop. LaughShopCalgary.com. All, all the details there. And for ticket information, Ben Glebe, it's been great. Thanks so much for coming in here today. It's my pleasure. What a nice conversation. I didn't expect it, and I enjoyed it. I relished it. And uh, you and I will be friends forever. I'm going to put that on the back of my book if I ever write a book. That's a very strange thing, but it's (laughs) aspirational, and I love that. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.